After a year and a half, E.T. is coming back to the stage and will be hosting the 120 Conference right here in the ATL live September 25th and 26th. This year has left us drained from experiencing loss to having to live in uncertainty about finances and health to experiencing extreme burnout and being overwhelmed in our careers. It's time to rebuild. It's time to rise and recover. Find a way to finish. Find a way to find some more strength to keep going. Find a way. But whatever you do, don't quit. Don't surrender. Don't give up. Remember, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. It's time to go all in and reach new levels of success. Eric Thomas and the 120 Conference is exactly what you need to get that breakthrough and come out on top. Come see E.T. like you've never seen him before, right here in the ATL Live, September 25th and 26th. It's time to rebuild. It's time to rise and recover. Come see Eric Thomas like you've never seen him before. Get your tickets now at 120series.com. Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we are on episode 40. <laughs> you know, every 10 episodes, well, we're trying to keep it this way. We got a special guest. And when I tell you this amazing queen knows everybody <laughs> in the world, it feels like. I wanted to stay like local, but I'm going to say in the world, she knows. Like she's saving lives. She's getting people off the streets and she's like chilling with the best hip hop people in the world. Uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, we, we got Miss Erica Ford in the building. Hey, you know I mean? Let's go. yo, Moose, how are Let's we feeling go. about this episode? Man, super dope human being, man. I've had an opportunity to, you know, of course, we met her at one of our conferences in Miami about 18 months or so, almost two years ago. And then I had a, an opportunity to be able to work alongside her and her team just through some of our trainings. And I'm just like, you know, the more you get to see somebody on a real level, it's like, oh, this person really is who they say they are. This is not just a, a online social media front. So that's always incredible to see. And, and, and also, She's uh she's operating out of Queens. So she's a uh, you know what I'm saying? She's another Queens kid. So I'm like, oh, we gotta bring her on. Yeah, it's a wrap. Hey, let, let's get into this intro. You just gotta you you just gotta meet her. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So before we get to her, you know we gotta do review of the week. Mm. Had to bring it back. Uh, in emoji language, fire, fire, fire. Been waiting for this already. A phenomenal listen. Real quick, fast in a hurry. Had to get a quick one because I want to get into this, uh, th- just this conversation. Because when I tell you, I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I first met her in Miami, like just stood out, and I'm like, yo, who is this? Who it like and instantly right. knew it was from New York. So I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was like, I'm interested because why is why is a New Yorker in Miami when we normally get closer to home at any point? But mm-hmm. uh super dope individual. We've been tapped in on social media for a minute. So let me let me bring on Erica Ford. Our esteemed guest. Let's hey, go. What's up, lady? Peace. How y'all doing today? How are you? Uh, I'm with the two queen, the queen's champions right here. Yummy. Yeah, <laughs> hey. yeah, so I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I so, love so, it. I love it. So let me I've been say following this. y'all. Uh, let me let me say we've been following you. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna state this real quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, I was a huge big DMX fan, right? And, you know, rest in peace to DMX. But anybody who saw uh, that whole, you know, ceremony when they put him in the Barclays and everything like that, there is just this unique individual that was right behind the monster (laughs) truck with the gray hair. And I'm like, 
how, Sway? How, like, how did this happen? Like, you are every, we're going to get into it. Moose, calm me down real quick because yep, I just yep, want to be yep. like, how? But Moose, it's coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Go ahead, Moose. Up. My bad. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, uh, for those who don't know, Erica, I mean, uh, j- just for the, like Nikki says, the two people somewhere in uh, in the world who are not sure <laughs> who is no. Erica Ford, uh, just give them a quick rundown and intro, you know, what you're about. And of course, Pieces of Lifestyle, we love all that you're about. Just, uh, yeah, give us a quick intro, man. Who is, uh, who is Erica Ford? Well, I'm a humble servant from Queens who is here to just help you know, get people the tools that they need to transform their lives. I grew up in Queens and a crack epidemic in the 80s took a lot of people that I know, um, either through jail or through the graveyard. And then I saw their children's faces after they lost their, their family members. And I wanted to try to help them break the cycle of pain and break the cycle of violence that was taking so many lives. And so I dedicated my life to doing this work in 1987 and I, and I haven't looked back. And, hmm. and so when Nikki asks the question of how I know so many people from around the world, I've been going around the world, um, working around human rights and uh, police brutality, incarceration, gun violence, uh, and everything around black and Latino young people, helping them just be free from violence, free from suffering, free from pain, free from anger um, for a long time. Mm. I love it. So, so, Moose, you'd be, uh, you'd be very proud of me. I did a little research. I did a little nice. research, right? A <laughs> little, little bit, right? And there was this one bar that, um, that really got me because I'm like, yo, what got her started, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Erica, I saw you got, um, you went to this rally, right? Yeah. And there was this bar that you said, like, people, you know, get saved. Yes. But I went to this rally and I got woke, yes. right? Yeah. So yeah. can you break down what was so impactful about that rally that made you do what you do and in, just inspired you to just save and help the community the way you do? I found this. When you talk about DMX. Yeah. This is DMX in our office doing a prayer for our young men right before we did a mediation. You know, and so when you talk about what sparked me, it's the same thing like when I first met X, right? X was the first artist to support the work that I was doing. And so, and this was in the late eighties. And so, and I'm tying it back to getting woke because you connect to the word of people, right? People say like, like you guys, right? Like when I went to Florida, before I went to Florida, like we were addicted to E, right? And then to meet the people behind E, it was like, yo, that was like a double, triple play because all of y'all are dope, right? But the words that people spoke at that rally, that was the first time I was exposed to like really black stuff. You know, Um, I grew up, my mother's from Panama. And so she had us in the church and going to Panama every summer and just doing things, chasing the drug dealers in our neighborhood is really what I did. Right. And so listening to that and knowing that there's something going on in the world that is really changing the lives of people and not, you know, it just was like, wow, like, you know, and so, of course, it wasn't called getting woke then, but but meeting people like X, meeting people like Tupac, meeting people like Deepak Chopra and presidents from other countries allow you to know that there's really, you know, there's you don't compare yourself to people. And so when you talk about when you see me in a room, like when I'm in a room, I know I'm Erica Ford. Right. And no matter what happens any day. I'm Erica Ford. And so I don't put anybody above me, no matter who they are. They just have different job titles or, you know, whatever, but they're not a better person than me. They don't go to the bathroom different than me. They don't have the same needs, you know. And so when you have that in your head, then everything else is simple because everything else is a process. Like my brother Moose say, you commit to it, right? You write it down, 
you commit to it, you go through it every day, you, it's going to become a reality because you're working towards that, you know? And those people taught me how to, the December 12th movement was an organization, and they taught me how to really believe in yourself and do things other than what you just see on TV every day, you know? Um, and that was fabulous. Hmm. It's going to be one of those days, people. It's gonna, you're going to hear a lot of air horns. A lot, a lot of, horns of air horns. A lot of air horns coming through. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, Erica, one of the things that I always thought about when, you know, when I saw you in the space, and of course, we've had multiple one-on-one dialogues, but I think of the length of your career, and then I think of the many other people who I've met who've had similar interests. Like, it seems like everybody who comes from a similar background who's been able to make it out, it's like, man, I want to go back and do, you know, for my people what I wish I had. But there isn't many other organizations that have the same lifeline that you've had. You know, like you're talking about almost 40 years in the game. What was it that helped you to continue to keep going? Right. Like it could have been easy for you. Oh, this was fun for a couple of years. Now let me go get a, you know, let me look out for myself. Make some As money, my mother say, go get a real job. <laughs> right, 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 right. And you've turned it into, we'll get into, of course, what you've done with it, you know, in a little bit, uh, a little bit later, but man, it's like, what kept you going? year after year, decade after decade? Um, I think the, the, the question of being selfless, right? Um, the reward wasn't with me. And I think even in a short time that you met me, that's one of my, it could be a downfall as well. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. I'm never yeah. thinking about myself. Yeah. I'm always thinking about other people. And um, it's, it's, if the reward was something for me, then I would be trying to achieve that reward, you know? And so I'd be looking to get a certain amount of money or, you know, get a house and move away or, you know, but the reward is internal. It's, it's the love for the people that keeps me going. It's my commitment to my own freedom from suffering and in and, and terms of the, the reality of the world that we live in and, mm. and, and, and just being selfless, you know, um, that keeps me going and people like you, because when I talk to people like you, you know, you give me the, the, the sense of looking back in and really just understanding that there's certain strategy. You got to commit to a work, right? It's a Mm -hmm. work that you have to commit to, to go higher than you were yesterday. You know, um, it just doesn't happen. And a lot of people don't want to put in the work. A lot of people look for self grandation, you know, grandizing, and 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 you this ain't that type of job. <laughs> this ain't that mm. type of job, you know. So oh, man, there's so many, so many parts I wanna go through, but I'm gonna go through this one first. Um so communication is is huge for me, right? And with the work that you do, especially with you know, getting guns off the streets. Uh, I know you you met with the, you know, the Biden administration about that whole situation, but just the people in the hood, right? You literally can't just say, yo, do this, and they're going to instantly listen to you. You figured out a way of how to communicate and that, like, their guard gets down. Like, what... Talk to us about that system of communicating to still go with the mission, still get the goal done, but meeting them where they are in in the way they receive some type of communication. So I'm I'm not gonna front. When I first started doing this, I was um I was like I, my mother used to always like just be overprotective and and really just try and I think. Uh, Latin people who have Latin parents um, or parents from the Caribbean, yep. they were very overprotected and didn't want us to go out or, or try to stop us from getting whatever that thing is that they thought that we were going to fall victim of, right? And so Thanks. I would try to keep young people from getting to that thing, right? That would take them to jail or graveyard, right? And so I was very like, I would, I would, I was wherever they went, I would pop up. I was there. Right. And 
it was like a lot of yelling. I was, they called me the angry peacemaker at that time. Some people still do, but, um, and so I, it, it was, I had to stop and take a look at myself and see, you know, why I was showing up like that. And then, you know, letting go of the fear that something might happen to them and being present, as you said, to how, what was happening in their life and showing up for them. And so we would do things that they wanted to do. I would still be everywhere they are, everywhere they would go. If they were in a club, I was showing up to the club. If they was at a concert, if they was, you know, well, anywhere they was, I, me and my little uh, Maxima that I had at that time was showing up and I was putting them all in the Maxima. And then we started throwing teen parties, doing things that they like to do, right? But having them in control of it, right? So they were the ones organizing the teen parties and they got, they developed entrepreneur jobs from that. I would always understand that people um, people want to be recognized and and everybody wants to succeed. Like people aren't just going out there and doing something negative because like they're mean-spirited. And there might be a few mean-spirited people, but most of these young people are in pain. They're yeah. in trauma. Something happened in their life that they didn't know how to resolve that situation. And so showing up to help them heal and transform from the pain and also giving them the tools that allow them to have fun. And I am hip hop, right? And so I'm Queens hip hop, right? right? So I grew up with a lot of hip hop artists. Pepper was down the block. I used to hang out where I was the pepper. I still am the paprika of the salt and pepper. I call myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was always with a lot of artists. And so I use that as a as a uh, a carrot to wave in front of the young people by taking them to the shows or taking them to the basketball game. Mark Jackson's over here. Kenny Smith grew up with my brother. They all went to Malloy. So, and I'm saying all of those things because I know that you said like, how do you? I know a lot of these people. We literally grew up together, you know. And so I was the person. When you talk about marketing, right? I would go where the celebrities were. And, yeah. and, and, the, and the deal was, if you go there enough, they're going to think they know you because they mm. see you all the time. And then you engage in conversation with them. And I remember Fat Joe used to say, Fat Joe performed at, at my Tupac concert, Long Live Tupac, uh, before he was even Fat Joe. And, and we just, you know, we clicked, we clicked and he would be like, oh, here comes Erica with that black stuff again. Anytime he see me, because... I'm in the party. I'm going to the shows. I'm just like with the kids. I would do the same thing with the artists because my thing with the artists was that you're creating the culture that these young kids are following that leads them into violence. Right. And so I felt that they needed to give back to the community. I was probably a little Mm. aggressive on how I was telling them that they needed to give back, but nonetheless, I was everywhere they was. And, um, you know, my friends used to manage Rakim and Eric B. So I was on the road with them. We was everywhere. Um, Biz, uh, everybody. You know, I used to hang out with everybody. And um, and so hip hop is, is like the universal language to a lot of young people and to the work that we do. We truly, most of the, the, the levels of the growth of my organization was with a different artist. So whether it was Tupac, Ja Rule. Um, we work a lot with Fat Joe. We do some work with Jada. We connected with Lauren and did a project. You know, there's a lot of the hip hop local guys and girls that we deal with out here. It's music is part of, of what we do. We have a, a studio on our bus called Paint on Beats. You know, it's a, it's a full recording studio where young people could go in and allow themselves to release and, and let their pain, you know, on beats uh, flow. And it's it's always been an important part of what we do. Hmm. I remember wow, um, one time oh. before you said, I remember Gladys Knight and Les Brown was doing the Kiss FM radio show. And I, that was my target at that time. Right. And and target mean I felt that his voice would be good for my young people. I would show up at. 5 30 
to the radio station so that I could catch them before they went in. And when they were leaving at 10 o'clock, I was still there. Every single day, that week that they were there. And they did not record or say anything, acknowledge me until the last day. And he was like, look, you've been out here every day. Like, what do you want? And I had my flyers ready and my little three minute conversation ready. And, and, and I spoke and, and the dedication and the consistency is what got me through that door. And that's with a lot of the artists and celebrities. That's how it is. Like, I, I'm, I, I don't have the fear, but I have the determination and the consistency to get to them, you know? Mm. How, when, mm. First of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like, you didn't just... <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> some of I y'all not it. gonna be outside that many days. I'm just saying, mm. some of y'all not gonna and be especially outside. Especially not that early. Not that especially early. Not that early. Nah, you know, you know what's so deep, and I've never heard you say this, and and at least the way I've kind of like translated in my mind is like because the violence is happening, at least somewhat through some of the music that these artists are putting out. The way you've shown up in their lives is almost yeah. to hold them accountable. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, if you're contributing to this, I want to make sure I hold you accountable to continue to give back and at least solve to, to whatever problem you may be contributing to, right? Which I love. Now, I want you to, if you were to be able to come up with some form of like, let's just say formula, right? Uh, what percentage is just simply knowing somebody? So you have the connection to be able to loop them back in and like we said, hold them accountable. And what percentage of relationship building is doing something of your own that's so powerful that when you do show up, the relationship right. is nurtured and they want to be involved because they're like, yo, right. okay, I know her, but she's doing some incredible work, right? And I want to kind of talk about also like how you also have the reentry program tapped into this concept of getting guns off the street because that part of it is also powerful just so that people can get a full understanding of, oh, she's not just doing this cool stuff. She's also helping people re-enter back into, you know, so let me, let me not yeah, give it away. I want you to kind of tell it, but yeah, tell us that balance a little bit of what percentage of relationship building is just knowing somebody and what percentage of it is doing your thing and nurturing the relationship that they want to be active with you. So a hundred percent is doing something, right? Although mm. people know me, nobody is going to F with me if I ain't doing Right. Wow. And so, and my friends tell me that, like, so mm-hmm. used to tell, like people would tell me that. Um, I, I'll never forget my friend Shaka Pilgrim. She was the president at Rock Nation. And I was like, yo, Shaka, why don't you get that? You know, everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. Shaka, why don't you that? And um, she was like, why don't you do something that people would want to connect with you? Wow. Because if you do something that people want to connect with you, then the rest is history. Mm. And I was like, okay, I got you. You ain't said nothing but a word. Right? Mm. And so I, I never forget that when she told me that years and years ago. And so I make sure that the quality of our work and the dedication is focused on the work. You know, and so although I know people, I have to have quality work. And so we not only do the reentry. Uh, we took a system to the city that helped reduce violence in New York City by over 17%. Uh, it helped make New York the safest big city in 2017. We went from, in the 90s, it was 2,000 people being shot a year to 786 people shot and less than 300 killed. And, and, some, and that hadn't happened in 25 years in 2017. And even now, when you look at the increase of violence, the areas in which most of the sites are working across the city, and, and when I say sites, it's a New York City crisis management system. It addresses violence in a public health approach, and it's a comprehensive model. And so we have the reentry. We have the job training for young people who are at highest risk to be shot or to shoot somebody. We have programming and support for families who have been directly impacted by gun violence, means they lost a child, they lost a husband, they lost a daughter to gun violence. And we help them heal and transform from the the pain and trauma of that violence. We we are inside the schools, we're inside the juvenile facilities. We are at the hospitals when incidents happen to immediately stop retaliation and help those individuals connect to resources that can help them make a different decision in their life. And when, you, when, when someone gets shot, it's the highest 
point of time in which retaliation will take place. And so you're there to catch those people at that point to help direct them. And so then when I talked about the Peace Mobile, we have a 35-foot RV, a, a recreational vehicle that we turned into a healing mobile. And an assistant that works with us, Kepra, she does holistic wellness, um, meditation. We have the yoga, um, young brothers and sisters who do the yoga, as well as the meditation, sound baths. And we have a, a technology room where they do the um, virtual reality and a lot of other texts. They study Nikki's uh, books and all of y'all's little <laughs> stuff on social media. <laughs> um, and then we we have healing circles for families who've lost their loved ones. And, and, and then we have our Kepra's Kitchen that, where we teach folks how to eat more alkaline and acidic and really help them in their diet and, and the impact that that has on, on what they do and how they show up in the world. And it's just about really being holistic in the approach to, and we teach like uh, we had 19 keys at our office today. We teach about building generational wealth and, and, and how people can change the, 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 the thing on what they say black people are going to be, right? We don't have to stay in the economic status in which we are. And that's another thing with you guys. We work with you guys, you know, to teach people how to be self-determined, right? How to, to mm -hmm. really be businessmen and women. And, and a lot of young people are changing their lives and becoming entrepreneurs and really doing something because of what we showed up. There's a lot of people who came out of jail 20, 30 years and had a place to go to get a job and not return mm. back to jail, connect to their families and really be upstanding citizens in the world. And so I'm proud of what we did. You know, I think it's right behind me. The mayor gave me a day, um, yeah. <laughs> April 8th, this Erica Ford day. And, um, you know, we're really making a difference. We're really making a difference. We got the White House this year to uh, yeah. put $5 billion in the infrastructure bill to go directly to this type of work. We got them to change the language in over five different uh, agencies and 25 programs. And so, and he did an executive order where he, you know, banned certain guns and um, put more money into the work on a different kind of way. So hmm. like, we, we've done a lot. We've done a lot. And, and so now the people who I know and grew up with are also the people who want to do work with me. And so I was able to do a 24 hour live. I think you were on the live with me most next last year. Yep. And yep. I had from Julianne Moore to Sophia Bush to um, Fat Joe, Jada Pinkett, um, Angie Martinez, uh, I don't even remember all the people we had. Uzo, Adabo. Yeah, it was a lot of people. Yeah, I remember yeah, a lot of people. Bun B, Trade of Truth. It was so fun. It was tiresome, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> and they all came out to help us raise money to, to give young people jobs over the summer. And, you know, Jada Pinkett was there. And, and we did a wonderful job. Jada had, had me on the red table with Lauren, which was amazing. You know, and... And it's it's not about lifting self, but lifting the work. Because if if two sides of that, one, it takes the resources to do the work. You can't do it without money, right? Money allows you to hire more people um, to go out and, and save more lives and give them more jobs and, and give them more access to more tools and resources. But also it allows a mother or a father or a young person to even know you exist, because if we're not able to tell our story and lift our voice, they don't know who to call. So they're going to call 911 or they won't call nobody because they're too scared. We want people to know that we're there so that when you are at wit's end with your child, there's somebody that you can call to come and try to help you mediate. Or And, and today we've had five calls just today um, from parents, yeah. not on top of everything else that we have going on. Wow. Um. So... I, I want to talk about the the time you almost stopped. Like, yeah, the, it, what you do is not easy. I mean, you you've been in the game for years. Like, mm -hmm. some people be like, I want to get into community service. Nah, homie. Like, follow her blueprint real quick. See if you're really about this life. Because the change that she is doing for the community for for 
the U.S., period, is nothing mm-hmm. to play with, right? But there had to be a time where you like, oh, hold on, hold on. Is is this right? Like, is this what it is? So just break down to the people, like, what was that that moment that made you maybe question but what was that thing that was like, nah, I got to keep, I got to keep doing this, a person, a situation, whatever it is. A couple of times, um, I definitely wanted to quit. I remember one time, I mean, I, I get it. I get attacked verbally a lot of times, um, from people who just have their own trauma and their own stuff. I don't, take it, you know, personal because I know that it doesn't have nothing to do with me. But one time someone hit me in the street and um, I was like, I really, if, if I had a gun, I probably would have killed him was what I you mm. know, felt with the immediate rage. Actually, the, the, as soon as I left the situation, I was, I called my friend. I was like, Oh, that gun buyback you wanted me to do with you. I'm down. Let's do it. You know, cause let's get the guns off the street. But I said, it's easy to retaliate. It's easy to, to have somebody go touch that person, right? But it's hard to, to, to set forth a new way. And, and I call, you know, I started the campaign, Peace is a Lifestyle, right? And if peace is a lifestyle, it has to be first my lifestyle. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said, I, I'm not going to, you know, give in and respond to the situation. It you know, I said maybe it's the karma for me, something I did when I was a stupid kid or something, you know, um, but I didn't give in. Right. And so because and I say that because if I would have made that decision, I that is quitting. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I would have thrown everything away on retaliation of that individual. Other times, you know, you just get staffing. Taking care of staff is probably um the thing that drives me crazy the most, um, and most Mustafa knows, <laughs> um, and it's, it's helped me a lot. But sometimes that just gets me so frustrated that I just I, like I can't do this no more. I'm I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it, you know. But I know that it's not about me, and I can't give into a, a temporary problem and a permanent decision, you know, because I know that although everybody is replaceable at that point in time, just the work that I do is valuable to a lot of lives. And we're not, you know, free yet. And we have to, you know, if we commit to something, we got to continue until it's over, you know, until you you garnish victory and, and full victory. And so I might have different phases in which I do the work, right? Like I do plan to retire from a CEO of a nonprofit, but I do want to continue doing this work and teaching and elevating the, the, the vision and the mission and, and just doing stuff on a, on a national and global level on how we can really control our communities and make it safe at the same time and have fun and build wealth at the same time. And so I really want to look at building those models across the nation. Hmm. Yeah. Let, let's talk about wealth building real quick because you know, when when we were working together last year, I think the one thing that was kind of most surprising, if I if I can be honest, was how you saw nonprofit as for profit in a sense. And not that you were in it for money, but you saw that money is just a resource. I know how to tap into it and utilize it to get people the help that they need. Right. Uh, talk about the mindset. Especially because I think a lot of people who want to do this work, they're like, oh, but who, where am I going to get money from? Uh, uh, money. And it's like for you, that's not an issue. Right. You you've discovered ways to do the partnership, like you said, with the mayor's office. You have other people who are contributing. But I do believe that's more of a mindset than just a know how or at least it starts right. there. Talk about that a little bit, because you were like, I want to show people who are in this industry that it's oh, it's possible to be a nonprofit and still live a good life. All right. Talk, right. talk about that for us a little bit. And it goes back to what you said about the um, the my friends. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you have five friends that buy Starbucks every morning, every day. Right. That's five dollars per cup. Right. That's five days a week or seven days a week. Right? right. They could donate three of those days to you. 
And it's, it's about you selling your dream and having somebody believe in it just as much or a, a, a fraction as much as you believe in it. And when mm-hmm. people believe that you believe in your dream and they and you really make them a part of your dream, they're going to invest in it. And so wow. we would we would have the we would be in the middle of the street with buckets and, and or put buckets in the stores and, and so on and so forth. And, and people will fill the buckets because we were always visible and present and, and young people sold the dream. Right. Because mm-hmm. it was their dream. And the businesses in the community. You exist in our community. You make money off of our community. It is imperative that you give back to your community. And of course, we can't like go around you give back. But right. you consistency allows you to win people over to that idea. Um, mm-hmm. There's people who companies that give out money, right? And so you have to do the work. You can't be in every level of the job of, of whatever it is you're trying to do. You can't do it all. And I hear Nikki say that all the time, right? It's about your team, the people yeah. you build around you, right? Because if you've got a powerful team, then you're able to go get money. Somebody else is doing the marketing and selling and the branding. And if your branding is where it is, then you could be the, you could not do nothing. And people mm-hmm. donate to you because you look like you do a whole lot. Right. And so and that's one of the things with society. Now, there's a lot of people who don't do no work It's all they right. do is brand and marketing. And I see them. I know them. Right. And I'm not going to sit in here. And that's one thing also. Right. I'm not the person that goes on anything and be like this person. Nah, nah, nah. Like, right. nah, the world, there's trillions of people in the world. Right. Don't focus on five mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially don't focus on the five that don't like you. Right. This go out into the world and meet people and allow them to believe and invest in what you believe in. And there's there's too many people. There's people could this. This guy told me today, these 20 people are giving you one hundred dollars a month. They could give you a thousand dollars a month. You have to convince them to give you the thousand dollars. And listen, I was like. I didn't even ask them to give me the hundred. So now I'm going to go ask them to give me the thousand. Right. Uh, and so if somebody's watching this and, and I call you up and ask you for a thousand dollars. Yep. I was talking about you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you got to put it to work. And you got to have a plan. Yeah. You, you hear that. Whew, that's that's too it. many bars. There's too many bars. Um, I, I got to ask. I got to ask. The Tupac's on the shirt. You mentioned Tupac a few times. Get, get, give the people a Tupac story. We got we got to mm. hear it. So actually, right behind me is not a couch anymore, but right behind me is where Tupac, Stretch, Supreme from the Supreme Team, Chaz from Black Hand Entertainment, um, and some other guys sat down with and me. I sat right there. I think that chair is still there. And we talked about the code to the streets. We talked about, you know, how do you help these young people who are caught up in street life transition out of the life, right? How do you let them see the business of the street life, right? Because there's lawyers, right? There's accountants, there's stylists, because everybody want to be sharp. There's marketing, because yeah. you got to come get your drugs instead of the other person, right? There's the, the, the event planner because somebody's planning the social because everybody's going out every night, right? Or somebody's planning your parties and, and stuff like that. And so we work to, to create a system around those people who have the highest potential to be at risk of being shot or shooting somebody. And that is where, when you talk about the first conversation of the New York City crisis management system came from. Right here in this living room, Tupac wow. was sitting right where I'm sitting right now. It was a couch, though. Um, and, and we planned this strategy. That was like 90-something. I know he came. We had him perform out here in 94. So it was sometime around that. I had to ask. I had to ask. I had to ask, Relationships. No, I love it. I love it. You you mentioned um, you mentioned obviously team 
right? You mentioned the concept of a team, the importance of a team, and while that's the most taxing on you, right, you still have a phenomenal team. Uh, last, last I remember, I think it was somewhere north of 30. I'm sure it's grown, you know, since. Uh, but you also got people to buy into, like you said, a vision and a mission uh, where typically it's hard to recruit in that industry. Like people know that they're going to work long hours. I mean, just before we started recording this podcast, you still had <laughs> some of the team members at the house still doing work, right? Like it's real. Like we get to see it on a daily basis. But talk about one or two lessons that you would, or maybe pieces of advice that you would give to somebody when they're thinking about building their team and they're struggling to get people on board. Like, you know, give, give, give advice to that person out there who might be having a challenge in that area. So, got the pilot? No. <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah, Talk about it. Flightassessment.com. Flightassessment.com. So, <laughs> I met you guys two years ago, and um, I was like, damn. Because what you were saying was so real, right? That. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I have to catch myself. And what I'm talking about is the assessment, right? Is the understanding of who is your team? Who are, who are mm-hmm. the people that you're building around you? And you cannot work with everybody like they're you. And so mm-hmm. um, the sister was just here with everybody else. I think she was a C. What's all the way at the other end? C, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right there, yeah. And I was all the way at the other end, a D. Yeah. And, and we... Um, constantly talking to her like she's a D and and she's talking to me like I'm a C and she wants the details and I'm like, let's go. And so um, <laughs> we learned how to communicate more effectively with each other by taking a second to just realize who that person is, right? And, and how mm-hmm. do they show up in the world and so that you can communicate them based on who they are, not who you want them to be, and mm-hmm. not who you think they are, but literally who they are and how they work and how they operate because you can keep doing it all you want your way if it's not related to who they are. It's not going to work, you know? And, and so that was one thing that, that helped in the team building. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I'm part of this Elevate Prize um, thing and they had Lee Cockle. Um, the Disney, the guy who used to be the, eat the, the CEO of Disney. Yeah. And, and the one thing that he said, um, which I hired a lot of times from my heart as opposed to from my, you know, thinking process, my brain, and really who I need right time, the best employee. He said mm-hmm. the reason why Disney is the, one of the number one companies and I know you're going to say y'all's are, but um, <laughs> um, talk about it is, <laughs> is that they hire the right person. They hire the mm. best person for the job and they go through it. They really stickler about hiring the right person. And mm. and you got to hire the right person. A lot of us who especially do this work or oh, we feel sorry for somebody. We want to give you an opportunity. You want to help. But mm. you're your life is going to be defined by who's around you, who's your engine in your car that's making you go down the road, right? Yeah. And so you're going to keep breaking down if you don't have the right parts in it. And that's mm. the same thing with your team. You know, you've got to have the right people and you got to use them right. You can't put the, the, the horn inside the gas tank, you know. you got to put the pieces <laughs> in the right places. And, and so I think those two... I see so, you certified uh, out here in the streets, Erica. You uh, you find yourself certified. Yeah. I, love it. Like, I need more yeah. lessons. We need to it. we need to re you know we need to re yo E what up yo Hey, <laughs> we coming back. Come on, Come on. we coming I back. Look, um, I need to know more about this bus though. If y'all haven't seen the bus, I'm gonna put up the bus, uh, Please. so you guys can see it for the for our YouTube viewers. But yo, talk. Talk to us why the bus? Why the bus? Mm-hmm. It's, it's fire! It's fire! It I've seen the inside, sound, saw the outside, not in person. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully in August, in person. Yeah. But um, t- talk to us just the the origin of that and like why is it so important? Because it's everywhere. Yeah, the the you know, like I said, I'm hip hop, right? Yeah. And so the tour bus, right? Mm. 
the hip hop artists had the tour bus and yep. they would go around. And so that's, I wanted to take, we used to always do tours. We did, I love my life tours. Um, we used to go to high schools and parks and prisons and every place. And I always wanted to take the young people on the tour bus to make them feel like they celebrities, they VIPs. You know, mm. we always had this thing about, you know, you are a VIP, you know, we wanted to. And so I would, I got the, and then plus some people can't go to some neighborhoods. So the, having the, the, the mobile thing, you could pull up to wherever people are, but also I would use it as a marketing tool. Right. And so I, it was just, it wasn't a lot of people back then. It was me and maybe two other people. And so in order to keep hands on these 80 young people, I would put their pictures on the Peace Mobile, right? And so mm. if people see their picture, they'd be like, oh, wait, ain't you that little kid from over there? You know, and so people would help keep eyes on, on the young people. And, and so that's where it started from. And, and now it's about help. You see the, the mobile units, the police units also come into your neighborhood after a shooting. Mm-hmm. You want to have something as an alternative to help people heal, to help people see that there's something else that they can reach out to and be part of, to help them transform, to help them get information, to help mediate, to help, you know, every single thing that they need after an emergency situation. And so it's it's like a triple unit. If you haven't seen this bus, don't worry about it. We may make mm-hmm. a we may may yeah. do a a, a, a trip. And I'll have it all yeah. on social media. I'm going to go live on it. And y'all going to be like, oh, this is the one that she was talking about. Yep. Yeah, you yep. got to. You we'll got be. to. We did that we'll with be. Hot 97 with yep. Ebro in the morning. We did some you know, shows with that. Yeah. I'm dragging moves. I'm gonna let you know that. Oh, I'm in there. I'm in there. I, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna come visit the office soon though, because I am pretty local. I know yeah. in Virginia, so we'll <laughs> wait. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to pull up on it pretty quick. But no, I love it. I mean, Erica, talk talk to me about uh, how you continue to take care of yourself now, because you know that's always been a conversation. Like I think, regardless of where you are, but I think people are starting to focus on it more. Right? Like we got mental health awareness month. We got certain concepts that people, like you said, are taking this holistic approach to just overall mm-hmm. wellness. And they're, they're really paying attention to their mental, their emotional, right? Their health, their physical and fitness and all that to say, all right, if I'm going to be a high performing individual, I need to take care of me. All right. So, cause I, I know a lot of people could be listening right now and they're like, man, she's everywhere. She's going, she probably, <laughs> you know, but there's, there's also a, a, a nice method that you have in terms of taking care of your own personal wellness. Um, just talk to us about that a little bit, like the importance of being physically fit for the work. So one of the, the good things is we have a wellness team and mm-hmm. our wellness team uh, doesn't, allow us not to, to live a healthy life. Right. And so I I definitely got to give it up to Tracy queen and Kepra from our wellness team. They're one of the best and they're trained by queen of four who also helps us. And then we have Deepak and Russell Simmons who also played a role in helping us understand the importance of meditation and yoga. And, and so sitting still and just, you know, centering your mind and, and breathing is very important. And I, and I learned it through the years, right? Mm. I'm a very challenging type of person, right? I'm, I'm a, comp, a, 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 a competitor. Mm. And so when I first came upon, you know, if you love yourself as much as you love to breathe, then you would, you know. So <laughs> I was like... I love myself as much as I like to breathe, yo. What's you talking about? And Daddy's like, I get up three o'clock in the morning. I'm in the on the treadmill and I'm running. So I was like, I'm gonna get me a treadmill. I'm gonna get up in the morning and like, you know. So, um, so I got a treadmill and I start to run every morning and work out. And so it is the people in your in your circle of you know career goals and opportunities you see them sometimes and you also challenge yourself to 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 push yourself because sometimes you can get caught up in just going <laughs> you know i used to go 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 until i pass out <laughs> literally i might sleep for two days and then um get up but just looking at different leaders and teachers Setting a, a, a schedule for myself and having a staff that forces it 
um, mm-hmm. you know, allows me to to really be about wellness um, in the way that I'm supposed yeah. to. And then I guess because COVID, you know, forced us into taking care of ourselves. And all we did during COVID was push wellness. You know, we pushed wellness. And so Kepper had us eating aloe and, you know, she just gave them chlorophyll and, and lemon water just now. Um, so <laughs> it's about the life that we're pushing. We are the first example. You embody it first. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love it. Made me question everything I was doing real quick. Hold on. Made <laughs> 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 me question Them cookies, everything. right? Them cookies. Hey, yo, you still man, gonna get them, them cookies, cookies are though. fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Them cookies. I don't, I don't do nothing to alloy nothing. That guy all cookies. Made me question Moderation, moderation, moderation. <laughs> <laughs> work on me. We're going to work on me. I promise you. Uh, my last question uh out of all the relationships that you have, everything that you've done, what is, what was that one influencer, one celebrity, one friend that out of all the stories that really sticks out and is like, yo, I, I love this, this person because of this Mm -hmm. story. Like this one, like I, I love all of them. But right. this one person. So, so I'm crazy. not going to get in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> so mention a few. Mention a few. I don't know. I don't know how you want to answer this. But there was... <laughs> I'm going to say my mama. <laughs> hey, I miss hey. it. Stay safe. I'm with it. Stay safe. <laughs> no, oh, any, not... any story. Any story that you want to say that, you know, really so, was so the community. there's definitely hit. a lot of people, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of people um, who had an impact uh, uh, on on who I am today. Um, there's a lady named Viola Plummer who is like a second mother to me, and she was the leadership of the December 12th movement. And she's also the person who introduced me to Tupac's stepfather, which is how that relationship came in. And and just the tenacity and authentic authenticity that she carried herself and, you know, being a, a, a petite black woman and just being so fearless um, hmm. gave me a lot of my fearlessness. Um, Russell Simmons on the health. Um, Russell Simmons definitely pushed undescribably the yoga, meditation, eating right, um, KRS-One on the no meat. Uh, mm. you know, he was the first one challenged with the wisdom and the knowledge, you know, knowledge itself. Uh, so KRS-One, there's so many, there's so many. I could sit here and tell stories for days. Um, <laughs> and I think that's um, a story within a story. But uh, and I apologize for anybody who, you know, you definitely had a dramatic impact <laughs> on you, my life. All of you, listen, all of you have been impactful in right. her life and the community. Right. We are not saying you didn't. I yes. just, Indeed. it's all my fault Indeed. if you did not get mentioned. My fault. On, on her behalf, let, let me, yeah, listen, listen, it's me. Well. Come for me. <laughs> Don't come for her. I need these relationships yes. to stay intact. It's my fault that I made her pick just a few. I apologize. Right. Right. Um, if she right. wants to keep listing cool, if she doesn't, I will personally write you a letter. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm on y'all show, right? And yeah. and when I first saw Eric Thomas, I was like, who in the hell is this guy? Yeah. Right? His his like I, first of all, it made me happy because that's how I speak and that's how I, you know, so I was like, okay, I could do this in public, right? You know, um, and and the, the 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 audience that he touched was the audience in which I served. And so he was a tool that I could use in my office to help impact men who were in jail for 30 and 20 years who really might not want to listen to a Deepak Chopra or understand a Deepak Chopra, right? Or even Russell or other folks. And so it, it brought like the first, like I would say he's that, the, the first kind of person who 
gangster and kind, you know, and elevating the mind and 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 stuff. And when I say gangster, it's like he he can, she got that swag. He controls his own, you know, being. It's just like, and he was doing it in a diverse kind of settings, you know. And so the athletes, you always see him around the athletes, and you know, that that was something that really impacted um, just the hope of there was somebody for these brothers, right? Um, and, you know, you know I, I've really met some powerful people, um, presidents of countries, um, ambassadors. I've met a lot of, of, of great people. And I think that every single one of them have, have a part of me, right? And, and mm. a part of me um, that has. And I think that something that the sister Viola Plummer told me is that when you're going to meet people and they, they're going to say a lot and do a lot, but if there's 1% of something that they say that you can use to help grow your life, then take that 1%. Don't focus on the yeah. 99%. Put it on a shelf. You oh. might need it later. You know, and a lot of times we focus on the 99% that we can't lo- use and miss the 1% that we can. And I would tell people, I would urge people to slow down and listen to what people are saying, no matter whether you want to or not. Because every lesson is valuable at some point in your life. Every lesson is valuable at some point in your life. And, and people don't just come in your life by accident. It's, it's a purpose yeah. for everybody in your life. And so don't miss the purpose of anybody that's walking into your life. Hmm. That could have been a final word. I'm- it's been jam-packed. Erica, you, you mentioned COVID, right? And I think while we want to put 2020 behind us for good, there's a lot of lessons and just like things that have been learned because of that experience. Um, talk to us about one of your takeaways. Like what's one thing that you took away from COVID? Like, it's like okay, because of this, I'm going to change my life forever because, you know, like with, with this concept or at least how I see the world. Well, I want to take one thing that I'm not taking away from COVID is that Moose gave me an assignment and I didn't complete it yet. But COVID definitely, without a doubt, you have the ability to excel in the way in which you want to if you commit yourself to it. Like, it really gave people... Uh, an equal playing ground on some levels to really do what it is you believe in. Um, I've seen so many people prosper in 2020. I think that I, I, um, when I was, I went to California to do the red table. I got stuck mm-hmm. in California, but from meeting Jada and, and Lauren, and then everything that came after that, when you look at that year, I ended up at the White House on the, hmm. on the, on the lawn, right? right? Like, and it's because people were in the house to Nikki's on teaching. Every, like, Nikki, look at this right here. This this came mm-hmm. out of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't have this before 2020, right? We saw right. this evolve. Like, mm-hmm. we saw this evolve. We saw Nikki give away all her lessons. Like, this guy, because, you know, every time you're on, you have that thing where you send it to three people, right? Yeah. And so I sent it to you. So this guy was like, I can't afford her. I said, can't afford her? She's giving it away for free every day. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. so, She's not asking for anything. Exactly. Right. Like, and so, like, we were all giving away our jewels. And we saw people grow from that, right? Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of people grow from what we gave them and what we were able to help them do. And and that is a blessing within a blessing, you know. Um, 2020, although it was a very, you know, um, the worst year ever, even on our physical, um, it was a, also a very transformative year for us mm-hmm. all. And so it taught you to to, to grind and, and really just use your engine, right? Because this thing here... You could either use it to just absorb your mental space and get lost, or you could use it to build a, a market and sell and sell and sell and sell mm. and and gain what you would like to gain, whether it's the people or the power or 
the um, dollar. You know, hmm. you have the ability to do it. I love it. I love it. Let me say this real quick before I hand it over to Nick's. You know, Erica, this, I think this whole idea, and you mentioned how this concept was birthed almost through COVID. The whole idea for us was to, because of all that was happening, the idea was to really be intentional about giving people their flowers while they're still here. Good, Moose, right. on the same yeah. page. Yeah, right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm just driving in there right there. So honestly, you know, Although we've only known you, you know, like you said, two years to see, like, like I said, the person that we see online really is the person that we've met in person. And that alone is is major. So just, you know, on behalf of myself and I'm sure Nick, you got something to say as well. But just thank you. You know, what I'm saying thank you for being real. Thank you for grinding it out all this time. And thank you for keeping the main thing, the main thing where it could have been easily for you to start, you know, flaunting with these celebrities because they're your friends. Like they really are and, and, and use attention the wrong way. You've really operated with a pure heart. And, you know, this is, you know, our opportunity to just say thank you and give you flowers here on the show. So definitely uh, appreciate you for coming on. And, thank and you. let me second that because I'm. Your method works. Let me dangle mm-hmm. these little celebrities here <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and get your attention. Cause I was like, yo, how do you know Fat Joe? How do you know this? How do you and you know I'm a big Nip fan. So when you had Lauren, I was like, yo, hold on. How do you? And then I started doing my research. I was like, yo, this is this is unbelievable. Your work that you do is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that you have those people not only because of their celebrity status, but because they're actually doing stuff with you as well. And mm-hmm. so we not only see what you're doing, but we also see them in a human light and that they care about the community. And that is because of you. And that also needs its own flowers within itself because they have a certain kind of status and you bring them back down to, this is where you came from. Let's do this together. Not you do it by yourself, but let's do this together. So total flowers to you. I totally appreciate you coming on our platform because I mean, we not, we not the breakfast club. We not, not yet. we not high 97, not yet, but you got on our platform. So you, the, the air horns is here for you. Um, but tell, tell the people where they Moose can tell you how much I love y'all. Moose, oh, no. listen. Moose. Yo, I love like, and, and let me just say one thing when you talk about flowers, right? A lot of people who are behind the scene don't get flowers at all. Forget about mm-hmm. when they die. They don't get flowers at all. And you guys make people whole. You know, if it wasn't for the work that you guys do, a lot of people would not see their greatness, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it is through the voice and light that you shine on folks through both what both of you bring to the world is why we are able to shine, right? There would be no E.T. if it wasn't for his team, right? I mean, he still would be E.T., but E.T. is E.T. because Mm -hmm. of the machine that is created by people who love him and people who believe in him and around him. You two are are two critical members of that team. And just seeing how you transform 2020 in terms of the teachings, in terms of showing people that you don't have to stay behind the scene. And I try to tell my employees and my partners and team all the time, I am only as valuable as you. Like we are Mm -hmm. each other. We are one. I am because we are right. And so Mm -hmm. get get, like, what is it you want to do? Let's build on that. Mm -hmm. Let's invest in that. And, and, and Moose know like all my stuff when I was working with you guys was about helping other people shine, helping other people build what it is they're trying to do. And so mm-hmm. I just say that I, I appreciate um, the acknowledgement, but I, and I, and I want to give it back to both of you as well, because y'all are so valuable um, in our lives. You know, we really uh, like, I wish I could, you know, I, I just appreciate you guys so much. So Nikki, and you ain't even, Moose can tell you, like, I'm like, yo, but I need Nikki. We need Nikki. (laughs) August, I'm coming. I'm coming home, August. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that because my mom's going to see this. (laughs) You got to cut that out. (laughs) 
out. You gotta cut that one. All right, well, mom, I love you. How about that? Uh, I love you. I just, I Can't got excited. Blame, blame Erica. I love you. I'm just saying. We're not going <laughs> to edit this out it. because the yeah, bars that you just said, I'm not going to edit right. it. She's going to love right. me regardless. She's going to be like, are you coming? Yes. Yes, I am. I got you. Um, but tell the people where they can find you and the last bar gem you want to give to the people. Uh, Okay, so you want me to drop bars, but I'm not a superstar. I'm just here on the mic with Nick and Moose. You see, but I'm not an animal. I'm not a goose. I just shoot fire into the sky because I'm the light. You see, I just rhyme not tonight, but every single day I spit bars because I'm not a superstar, but I'm just E-Ski, the one and only. Got the gray hair, but I still got the swag, you see, because I'm from Queens. You see, I ain't want to brag. <laughs> hey, Let's go. I wasn't even expecting Let's those go. bars. I wasn't even expecting those bars, but they get those bars. Oh my goodness. Erica, tell them where they can find you. Tell them where they can find you. Uh Google me. No, let me stop. But uh like talk about it. <laughs> Life Camp Inc. on all platforms. Life Camp Inc. on all platforms. You can find me. Erica Ford, um, you could Google me personally and find me. But the organization is Life Camp Inc. on all platforms. You heard that. Go follow her. 